Hello and welcome to The Ball Bags, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thank you very much for tuning in to episode 1.7 of the Ball Bags podcast. We've a lot to get through this week as well as the old favourites of Player of the Weekend and have you seen this? We're going to have a look ahead to Ireland's Autumn International um, campaign on the back of what has been five weeks of the URC. The bottom feeder athlete is then going to take us through a kind of deep dive into player power in the NBA. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And finally, um, with murmurs growing in the past number of weeks, the coach is going to have a quick re-examination of the European Super League. But without much further ado, I'm delighted to be joined by the bottom feeder at least and the coach. How are we gents? Are we all good? Put up, put up. Yeah, we're fine today. It took a while that to get out of the fucking weekend. Definitely not. Um, at least we had, a, we had a slightly positive entrance there from the coach. I think it's the first one of the season. We're only halfway through. And yeah, buddy. <laughs> so look, as this goes, much, much to get through. Um, we'll kick it off in association with our affiliate partners, The Athletic. Just click the link in the description for one month free. Um, but, gents, player of the weekend. I'll quickly run through the options put forward. Um, like a broken record, the coach with Salah. Did we not? I thought we were rebranding this. Um, no. Salah of the weekend? Um, no? Oh, okay. <laughs> The bottom feeder Atley had obviously uh, Jamar Chase. Personally, I had Steph Curry, and we did a, did have a fan recommendation that actually kind of got lost maybe with all the action of place on Sunday. But Mason Mount on Saturday, albeit against Norwich. So, gents, can we try again and talk? Um, the coach off the Salah part. <laughs> I'm gonna put one out there. I don't know if any of you've listened to um, Ben Foster's podcast and his videos and stuff as well very very he's actually one Premier League footballer you would say is quite educating stuff but he had one yesterday morning or this morning maybe um, where he speaks about I don't, you, you always see the players coming over and covering their mouths as they talk to each other after a game but um, one in particular stood out from the Watford game that weekend when Saturday went up to Ben Foster and uh, had a word or whatever so Ben kind of enlightened the listening audience to what it was and he, he's kind of going you know he called him over Ben 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 it's like if I took a penalty against you today, what side would you go? And Ben says, "Well, look, you've the last five when you've scored, you've you've gone to the keeper's right, so I'd, I'd have gone right." And he says, "Oh, thank you very much." And that is just top class. That the reason that Salah is going to be in nine out of ten of these pairs of weeks is because he's that good. Like he's not resting on his laurels. He scored against Norwich, he scored a hat trick, but he's still at the end of the game getting these little tidbits that just like. He's just rumor a, has it he excellent. actually he actually whispered saying like the reason he's on such a goal scoring terror is because he listens to ball bags. Well, I don't know <laughs> if that's true, but like like since we've started up, he's been ripping it. So I mean, and he's just been just been fueled with anger at how bad we are. But yeah, we um, might just have to shut it down to be honest because he yeah. stopped scoring goals. It is it's just yeah, a look, little pinch though. That for me, it was just adds adds something. Look, there's no denying that on form he is the best player in the world right now. I suppose, but we do have to highlight maybe other athletes <laughs> around. So look, Jamar Chase. Um, I know he's your recommendation, but my God, that LSU connection. Is Jesus, he breaks every fucking tackle, doesn't he? Isn't he just like everything is just like kind of pay dirt or the chance to go to pay dirt? Even when he gets called back, like he's after going to the house. Like, uh, he's a phenomenal talent. He's. Like, I know he's only a first-year receiver, but he's playing like a top-five receiver right now. And I, I find it very hard to disagree with... Like, Cup, obviously, Cup had a huge night for Rams, and he just passed him out in the receiving yards again. So I think it's it's kind of going to be between the two of them, but I actually think Chase... Like, unless a lot of those chunk plays disappear, and I don't think they will, um, Jesus, I think he could definitely... He could end up... Topping, topping the charts as a first year wider, which would be phenomenal yeah. going considering how hard it is to actually um, be a first year wider and have success in the NFL, which is usually quite a hard position to 
Yeah, I think offensive rookie in the year is is nailed on now at this stage. Um, I don't think even if he there is ACL in the morning, I don't think he's even going to catch him based on what he's produced over the first seven weeks. Um, personally, I'd gone with Steph Curry. Probably wasn't absolutely outrageous, but just some phenomenal performances to kickstart the NBA season. I do think. Given how much they struggled last year, the Golden State Warriors to be undefeated so thus far. Very, very, very early days, but I did think he's worth mentioning. Given Thought all he's done for basketball, thought it was interesting that he is the only player that hasn't struggled from the rule changes that have gone after all of the James Hardens of the world. That's a different yeah. topic for another day, and one that's just come into my head now. But yeah, with all the boys and their fouling and their free throws, like Steph. Um, Steph just doesn't miss a trick. No. I have no. to say, there was a couple of close calls for me that I did watch a bit of the NBA. The, the, the Ball Brothers are next level, aren't they? They are class. Well, one of them is. No, no, like, no, no. This year, both of them are. It's, it's very early days. It's very. Yeah, but we, look, the Sass knows from previous seasons, I'm a big fan of the Ball Brothers. Except for the middle but, child. Well, but <laughs> you're a big fan of Lamelo. I'm a big fan of. I was probably a bigger fan of Lonzo at the time, and then Lamelo came on, and he's just like, neck. It was kind of like Freddie Adu, and I just don't hope hope it's not gonna go the same way. I know. I don't, I don't know if you've seen the suit he was wearing the weekend or whatever. <laughs> Matching the car. Um, yeah. yeah, look, I, I see the talent. I just don't. How do I put this? I'm not fully, fully sold. As in, you, you I'm, see, you, you would be of the belief that he is the next NBA superstar. As in the next, yeah, the coach definitely will be. That yeah, he's the think, next uh, in waiting. Like he's not there yet, and he won't be there for a few years. But but in your I'd, mind, yeah, I, think I, I don't think he's gonna be a LeBron or a Jordan. But I think Allen Iverson levels. Yeah, but that's who filled the gap. Do you know what I mean between mm. Jordan and they don't have to be that level. But like it was Allen Iverson and it was Dwayne Wade for a long number of years, especially when when Shaq started to kind of wane a little bit. I'm actually just on, as you said that I'm actually watching Dwayne Wade's. I'm about an hour through Dwayne Wade's documentary at the moment on ESPN Plus. Um, very good watch, very good watch. I have a lot more respect on, for the man. And and on the uh, the subject of Shaq, um, narrow miss for this week's. Have you seen? Did you see the picture of him alongside the F1 Formula drivers on the podium? Yeah, but did you see the picture beside <laughs> him or the one that was duped? Because the one that was duped was absolutely hilarious. I was watching it live, going this, like at the at the time live it was outstanding, but. The one that has been duped where he's like massive and, and they guys are <laughs> microfibers is very Lego very Lego figures. Yeah. yeah very good. But look, I suppose we we do we, and look, Mason Mount as well was was, was very good against Norwich. Um I don't think he had a weekend the caliber of the three probably mentioned, but look definitely worth a shout. So if we had to put it down to anyone um yeah, look I, I probably would give it to Zala. Just on that, yeah. Just on the diet, lads. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't think you'd get white claws in Ireland. Um, <laughs> are we going? So, are we actually going? But I think I gave it to, my, but I'll get to it further down the line. There's a topic coming up that I, I, I it might I be harder know. if we change it to waster of the week. It'd probably be harder. You know. Cool. But then personal biases come into that as well too. Don't yeah, so Ole gets it every week then, so you're fine. Yeah. He would get it every week. Or has at the back. Um, right, well look, we'll, we'll go with Salah. Are we in agreement? Or? You have to be. I don't know. I've yeah, that's uh, okay. I'll, I'll <laughs> go with that. Okay. Bottom feed is just waiting for that week. He's just waiting for that week where he yeah, can celebrate. Where he doesn't score. I've never been this quiet on this. This is... This is a bad. It's a bad. Well, look, it's we'll, black, we'll get you going. Like we'll, fucking Black Monday, like Jesus. We'll, <laughs> that's oh, a Tuesday. Um, look, we'll get you going anyway. Right, okay. So kicking it off for agree to disagree, it will be myself. Um, so question to put to the group: After five weeks of the URC, it's increasingly evident the Farrell's Irish squad is selected on history and not form. With a little under two years to a World Cup, just how dangerous is this? And I suppose, look, I have the, the, the squad in front of me. We can run through it. Looking at some of the ages of, of some of the squad, it's, just, it's very dangerous. Like, I, Keith Earls isn't including the squad. 
He's going to be 36 at the World Cup. James Lowe is is 29 now. He's going to be 31 at the World Cup. He's five caps. What is he going to offer? Why is he in the squad? Murray, 34 at the World Cup. Yeah, relatively, relatively young. Johnny Sexton is going to be 38. Like, what are we going to expect from from um, Johnny Sexton? On top of that, you look, then you go to the forward pack. Like, Keane Healy is going to be 36 at the World Cup. Peter O'Matney, 34. There was some notable omissions that, I mean, you just have to mention. The first one, and look, we did have a fan question that I'm probably going to cover, so I'll play it out now. now. I'd rather play it at the end, but look, we'll play anyone that sends us a fan question. So I'll just throw this out here now. Well, lads, what's the crack? Uh, Paulie here. Um, just have a question for you on the Irish squad selection. Um, we've seen how well Jack Carter played against Ulster at the weekend, especially off the tee. And nice little bits of X Factor on the pitch, like always gets online the scores and stuff. Uh, last year against Leinster, he was actually in, in the RDS, he was the best player on the pitch. Uh, he was very good against Munster last week before that, but uh, has kind of had ups and downs in his career. Um, seems to be having kind of a good current run of form. What do you make of his admission from the Irish squad and the Irish squad selection in general so far for the autumn missions? Polly must be a United fan and must have recorded that at 7 o'clock last night. I think Polly lost his dog. Uh, Did he? <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose we'll answer his question first and I can get to other players and stuff like that. But just the Jack Carthy omission, gents, is it? There's a burning fire that tells me inside that it feels he should have been. I I like Harry Byrne as much as the next um, D Fortress attendee. But, like, I mean, he hasn't done it. Anything I've heard through the grapevine is that he's, he's kind of made it glass as well like he's not too dissimilar from Carby in that, in that frame of mind anything of her he's just not the right build he doesn't have weight on him um, he's one of those players that gets on those you know those kind of double touches the All Blacks always preach about players getting like second touches like after you know an offload or a line break and he's constantly like one of those lads. I would have liked to have seen him and Blade together like for one test or one Japan, of maybe. the half against one of the other halfbacks that Connacht have I would have liked to see him probably with Blade though just for one game I mean what was the fucking harm in that well the 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 issue I have with Harry Bourne is not I don't think he's good enough but he's played 30 minutes this season against Zebri he came off injured Sexton come on but he didn't set the and, and look it's 30 minutes the opening 30 minutes of a game very like harsh to be judging someone on that but it's it's all I have to work on and he wasn't exceptional but would you say like we've got three out halves but none of them are get on with your war wounds like do you know what I mean like none of them take the hit like they always there's a common denominator being injuries between them whereas Jack Carthy kind of seems that he can take a hit and get on with the game like um, and I think we need a little bit of that like against like I just I'm worried I'm worried about the all blacks game um, obviously not too yeah. worried about Japan stuff and then when you add what you just said about the age wise and stuff like I can understand why why Sexton would still be in the squad because we don't really have a form 10 or a consistent 10 coming up behind him so I, I get that but I wouldn't be picking two 10s behind him that you know have played as, as much as each other and to no real kind of well headlines like, like I, I feel Jack Carty is punished for Look, you might argue, rightly so, but arguably was the starting fly half in what is probably Ireland's most embarrassing loss in professional age, and that's the World Cup loss to Japan. But Joey Carberry started on the bench that day and come on with about 60, with 65 minutes gone, and he couldn't change that game. But he seems to get his uh, get-out-of-jail inclusion in the Irish squad every time. Like I just think Farrell's selection is so... He's a man terrified of losing his job. I know we've touched on this before, Coach, but like... You look at the selection of Bundy Aki, like wasn't good enough, like not wasn't good enough, but wrongly so was admitted from the Six Nations squad last year. Gets picked by Warren Gatlin, and all of a sudden, yeah, no, he's okay to be in a in a an Irish squad. An mm. Irish squad. There's some it's just so safe, isn't it? It's like it's, but it, it but it's safe. It's safe to fill a gap. Do you not like? There doesn't seem it, to be any longevity in this. Yeah, but the autumn <sighs> series, like this was. Like apart from the All Blacks games, the, sorry, the All Blacks 
game. Like that was a perfect chance to get well five or six lads in there to just see. And do you know what? It would have taken a flyer on Doak as well. Like absolutely, honest he was in God, my, my not open Yeah, he's so good. Like how you know, and even play him, give him and Carty a game together. Like why not? What what's the what's the problem? What like genuinely? Yeah. I I think that side not alone loses to the All Blacks, but it struggles to be Argentina. Yeah, I do think I Argentina would, would fancy a knock. Some noble omissions as well too. I have to to shout out Jack Donahue, monster. I think he's playing really well. Look, Robbie Henshaw's out injured. He's lacking form, Jacob Stockdale, but he's lacking form because Farrell placed him a fullback, and he's not a footballer in the true sense of the word. No, he's a finisher. Yeah, he's a utility back. I think I think he can play wing, but ultimately I think his, his best position might actually even be centre. Uh, Nathan Doak. Sammy Ireland, a, a Connacht. He, he's already been capped once. I thought, do you know what, he, he would have been lucky. Ross Maloney, again unlucky. Maybe that's too many Leinster men. There's, there's all that kind of track. If you're going to take a shot on Joey Carberry and Harry Byrne, why not Adam Byrne, who's just back from injury? I thought maybe... He adds a bit of X factor into the back line. And then it's probably too big of a jump for him right now though, is it to go straight into test level? He's played the he's played a lot more minutes than uh Harry Bourne has this season. He's gonna That's be expected to make the jump. Too. At at arguably the most crucial position. And then the final one I I, I hate to see him in an Irish jersey and apologies Ulster fans, but I can't stand the sight of Herring Ocker. I think he's terrible, his lineouts are a miss. Don't think he offers you a huge amount around the park. I would not have seen an issue and maybe that's easy as a Leinster fan but I'm generally less of a Leinster fan and more about what's good for Irish rugby I don't see an issue with picking um, James Tracy as the backup hooker I know he's the backup hooker at Leinster to Gallagher but I don't see an issue with that I might, I might throw a curveball to you do you think is there is there any any suggestion at all that he's thinking outside the box here by including Kieran Frawley do you reckon there's any way that he has in his head that he still doesn't know his top 15 may try and play Carby there? Um, put Frawley as backup 10? Or third, second, no. set third choice it would be? Um, no, you don't do that to a young fella. But he's played a lot there for Leinster. Yeah, but I, I still don't think he... It, it, it would come it, in... It'd make more sense than Harry Byrne, wouldn't it? What, it would come as one of his first three caps. Um, for someone who's not an out and out 10 basically and um, then the other one I was going to say is I don't fully understand I like Zebo's inclusion when Hugo Keenan's in there as well I thought we had kind of settled on Keenan at 15 I thought we were happy with that Zebo Zebo has been so good like he came home for this do you know like and if he comes back and then like I think obviously he would have had I, I imagine there would have been a discussion saying like I'm coming home get me back in the fray and he's been so good in France do, do we know yeah. what age Zebo is at the World Cup sorry did you say that's us I didn't I don't I didn't, I didn't bother looking at Zebo's age to be fair um, I, yeah, I, I, I imagine I, he's not far off the 36 mark um, I'm thinking because Conor Murray's 34 I think Zebo as far as I can remember is a year or two older so I, I don't know I just think as you said, Adam Byrne. You, I assume you're talking about winger Adam Byrne, is it, Sass? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like... Yeah. I, Zebra's only 31. So okay. 33 at the World Cup. So, look, they're in around. Now, look, my last thing as well, like, I know we've discussed Nathan Doak. I think if you've got Conor Murray, you've got Craig Casey, why bring Jamson Gibson back ahead of Nathan Doak? That's 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 a, a huge one for me. But the forward pack, I, I am relatively happy with. Uh, Timoney of Ulster. Huge raps on him having watched a few Ulster games this season. Number eight, one to watch out for. I think the battle for between him and, and maybe Caelan Doris for number eight, like we're never going to struggle in the back row. To be fair, no, he's uh, a he's he covers ground as well. He's some ball mm, carrier. Like mm, I, I think Ross Maloney unlucky to get to be maybe maybe jumped by. It's uh, hard to argue against Ian Henderson. To be fair, he's such, been such a good servant. But maybe Ulton Delan. We would have picked him out of Ulton Delan. But look, maybe this is too. Leinster boys I'm cognizant of that and apologies if we have any um, fans from the other URC nations uh, we're not going to cover you today um, but yeah look I just I'm very look there's, there's certain aspects I'm very happy with like I'm delighted to see Balakune in there 
I think he could be a potential X factor moving forward. I think Craig Casey needs decent minutes this autumn international. Oh, you don't start I anyways. He needs a start. I don't think we can go like we're we're a little under two years. I think to be going to a World Cup, Ryan and Murray and Sexton, as opposed to bringing them off the bench as experienced heads to see the game, I think is a very dangerous place to be. I think at a World Cup and like you'd like to have possibly Doak and mm. Murray and Casey, and I think you'd be happy with that. That would be mm. optimal, nearly, wouldn't it? Murray at the end mm. of it, yeah, I would. Like that's exciting. Like those two players are really exciting. Um, and it, look, you know yourself, it's going to be coached out of them, and they'll be dragged down to doing the stuff that they weren't the box kicking picked stuff, to yeah. do. Yeah, exactly. Like the reason that they're there now is because of the stuff that they offer, ball in hand, yeah. and now it'll just be caterpillar rooks and kicking the leather off it. So. Yeah, and look, maybe unfortunately COVID just played a came at the wrong time for us. This to me is a perfect squad the year after World Cup. We are starting to introduce the young bodies in, um, and you've still got the experienced heads who are will they make the World Cup, will they not make the World Cup? But I think now with two years to go it's just couldn't have met a fan. Do is there do you, is there any outcome of the Autumn International or Six Nations where you see Andy Farrell out of a job? Or do you reckon he's here till the end of the World Cup? Probably think he's here to the end of the World Cup. Um, it's one of my major grievances. I don't think any coach should be guaranteed a position beyond the World Cup. Even Schmidt, it was one of the like mm. renewing someone's contract going into a World Cup. I think is is short sighted. Um, I don't think they would be inclined to chop the head off that you know this far in to his tenure now with the world. I just couldn't see even being but like but ultimately if you lose to Japan lose to New Zealand lose to Argentina and then finish towards the lower half of the Six Nations there's going to be questions asked especially ultimately the last two games of Six Nations to save this and who's going to replace him just like on the hypotheticals here like if that was to happen because in fairness you could there is a very foreseeable autumn coming here where three losses on the cards it's probably not likely, but I mean, like fucking Japan frightened the shite out of me when I watched them play because you just don't like if if you can't live at the the speed some days with them, like you're in serious trouble. Um, Argentina, as you were saying, like will obviously be for a knock, and I think the All Blacks are going to wipe us like kind of off the face of the earth. So three losses is possible. Who do you replace? Like who's going to replace them? I know, I know. There's someone who will be a bad move personally, but I think a lot of people would start yammering for. Name him. Cer- name him. Name him. A, cer- a certain. I'll give you a clue. It rhymes with dog. <laughs> yeah. The rhyme wasn't good, but I mean. No, it was terrible. If you said in, dodge, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um. Budge. Oh yeah. Ogara. Yeah. I don't know. I, it would be a terrible move for him. I think if they're going to do it they have to do it after autumn because it gives that new manager it's like we, what we said about oh like, you can't you have to give that manager time before the World Cup you can't just throw him in with no internationals you know in the back pocket I think there's one that sent it to me and I actually think they'd be a nice compliment if there, if you were going dual I think we did that once before didn't we back in the late 90s early 90s but um, Connor O'Shea no 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 uh. I just I'd like to no. see him. I'd like to see him go back to a club and and rip it apart. Like there's no way anyone but a guy like Rod should be getting that post. You know, it should be handed oh. to him. In fairness, I no. give him the United job. You know, well, like I mean, that's where well, I'm I mean, at with this right now as well. Is that you could give him any job? I think he turned. He could turn like he'd be perfect for Ireland. I think, wouldn't he? Oh, I well, you know. already have Paulo Connell as a forwards coach, so. You know, yeah, and and I'm not against an outside influence. Do you know what I mean? Like, is in our best manager is a Kiwi, and has been. So, why does it have to be an Irish man? I, something that always irks me. If you're if you're good enough, it doesn't matter where you're from. Mm. That's fair. Interesting. I just do we see 
do we see it happening before the World Cup? I don't. I, I think we're. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, th- I think we're we're looking for a headline. Um, I think he's he's here for the World Cup. I, it would take a miracle for for me for him to be be here beyond the World Cup. It would take him to make history and get us to a semi final. Yeah. I envision a bad autumn international series. Yeah, but look, it's Parker. I don't want to. I think the. <laughs> bottom feeder athlete after the weekend is, is just is looking for a bit of positivity so why don't I hand you over to himself well it's not really a positive topic as such is it really it's kind of we're going after a few few heads here again today and um, so we're just going to jump into the NBA because it's kind of the first full week that it's been back and I can't talk about football anymore and I might or I might cry so we're going to get into some kind of player power stuff um, that's obviously reared its head in the NBA, especially in the last kind of, we'll say, five years. So players generally kind of have um, control of billion-dollar franchises at their mercy at this stage. Um, whether you think that's right or wrong, it does look like it's going to be here long-term. And the focus of this is going to kind of be Ben Simmons and a bit of Zion Williamson. So the official kind of question is, with Ben Simmons officially telling the Sixers he's not coming back in the immediate future because he is not physically or mentally ready to play to his standards, has player power gotten out of control? And what does this lead to the likes of Zion and other younger players that are coming up um, now? To be fair, if I was going out with my jam, I wouldn't spend much time in training either. Just like I obviously think, like the the Simmons thing is is gotten out of control, um, and I don't think it is salvageable at this point. Like the only reason he's still on the roster now is because they have more options after December fifteenth because a lot of players can't be traded until then. Um, I think he's gone. I. I do feel bad for him. Um, like he he's such a good player in transition. I think people forget that like he was the best perimeter defender in the NBA, bar none, for a while. Um, and I just can't I can't understand why there uh, there hasn't been a trade yet to this point. Um, for because him. he's absolutely septic. Yeah. Well, I mean, is that attitude is terrible? And he can't shoot in a shooter's league. Next question. <laughs> also, I think there's a Dude, funny one here. Sass, if we if we go back to something you did in the past series, um, Mori Ball, Daryl Mori. Small ball. Yeah, like, um, he's not one of his players. And I think no, it, he's not, no, no, but he can't stretch. Daryl Mori's like, only moved to the no, 76ers. but no, no, and this is what I'm saying. I think Maury is very, very clever. I, I don't think we'll see him there for four years. I think Maury's very clever, and Maury will get what he wants out of this. Yeah, like, regards the whole player power thing, like, it's, it's quite funny, because in America, it's the player. and this part of the world, it's the agent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's not, what he's done is not, a, albeit over a longer time frame, it's not too dissimilar from what Harry Kane did. No. I mean, and Harry, it, and Harry and Kane was quite... Um, and both men had the same idea in mind. Like professional sports moves is like a glorified trading game. And Ben Simmons is trying to lower his trade value to improve the quality of the side he can get to. And Harry Kane was li- trying to lower his transfer fee to get the city in a reasonable term. And now Zion so, is doing it as well, to be fair, because of all reports, have you seen that he's now over £300? Have. So no, what's this, could, could someone explain that one to me now, Zion? Because I know like, like Louisiana, Louisiana cuisine. Yeah, <laughs> Zion. So Zion's only after coming off foot surgery. Um, and like we all know, like he's a specimen. Like he's a race car. Um, but he's had a couple of scares. You know, do you remember the Nike shoe blown out on him? Mm-hmm. And then obviously he got injured in his first year as well. Um, and you're kind of going like guys that are two ninety. Or like that's probably been generous sometimes to him, um. Like that's not good for his knees and his legs. And now he's foot surgery, and it looks like, I don't know if he doesn't care. He 
like we all know he doesn't want to be in New Orleans. I don't think he wants to be in New Orleans at this stage. Um, but like going around at three hundred pounds, like seems to be the wrong way of him trying to tank his value because he's at serious risk of, of putting himself on a longer kind of term yeah. of injury. I think going forward. I'd be very afraid that Zion could be a bust. The New Orleans one, though, it's a strange dynamic. It's the only NBA side that's actually owned by the same family that owns that city's um, NFL franchise. The Bensons. Yeah, and they kind of cut costs from, from all reports. Like, they, they hire the same physio staff, but the NBA side gets it after the NFL guys. So, say, on a Monday morning, they start in... Wherever the training facility is, obviously don't train in the Mercedes Dome, whatever. And then they go across to the Pelicans facility. Well, Mickey Loomis like that, used though. to do. Mickey Loomis used mm-hmm. to actually do the GM for both, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Like, how in the name of God do you ma- like do you actually do a GM role for two franchises? Well, one gets a lot more time. I know, but like, do you know what I mean? Ima- like, seriously, imagine going here, Mickey. There's a five-year contract. Um. By the way, you have to manage the ship pile across the road while you're at. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know how. Like, no wonder why it'd have been a disaster. I think if they had any sense, like, they would let him go. And to be honest, I'd be sending Brandon Ingram out the door as well, and just just resetting the whole lot of this. And but do you not think Ingram could be a, a getting ahead a, of it? Yeah, could he not be a headliner there though? Who? Ingram. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think he's quality, but I don't, like, it. it's going nowhere. Like, I think it's evident now, like, New Orleans are going nowhere quite quickly. I can't. Yeah, I know, and, and they're in a difficult position because, and, and while people may argue this, the fact is, giving up on Zion would mean allowing two first-round draft picks, who arguably are both generational talents, walk out of the facility in Anthony Davis and Zion not too far away from each other you've also had a great like kind of cultural fit in Steve Adams head on over to, to Memphis this this off season you've, you've left Lonzo go as well so so what are you like why like the idea of getting rid of Anthony Davis was to start the rebuild you started the rebuild you went young and now you're rebuilding already I just don't think I think for them to do that it is competitive suicide like I think but they're never going to attract free agents. They're he's never going to stay there, is he? He's not. Do you know what I mean? He's I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen. It's not fair, though, is it? Like the player power isn't isn't fair. And if I think in Europe, as you said, Sash, like we're, I think we are. Mo- I know we say it's the agent, but ultimately the agent, and the player is the same unit here. Like I think we're moving to an age where we mentioned a few weeks ago where transfer fees won't be really a thing anymore because clubs just. The money's getting too high and too outrageous, where I think it's going to be running down contracts and swaps. Like, I think well, football is moving more towards a trading system or a, whoever offers the biggest contract type system and shorter contracts. It'd be one, two years. It was interesting years, yeah. to see Lamelo was all kind of like wanting to build it. Like he's got that old school mentality about this player movement thing as well. So you'll be happy about this coach that he was the key. He's kind of all in on on building from the ground up in in Charlotte, and now that could be hand in mouth because many of these boys have said this, and then they go on a total revolt. Then a year after, two years into their deal, or they definitely have. But I do think what was huge for the NBA and kind of stemming the tide in this was Giannis mm. winning the title last year, because. Definitely not. I'm not blaming him for it, but definitely since LeBron and the decision, there was this whole like like you look at like the Golden State Warriors after having statistically the best regular season, getting Kevin Durant in free agency. Like the argument against I know, I get what you're saying, but Gian, Giannis and obviously like he's won two MVPs. He's now won a title, but when they drafted him, they didn't like this. Do you know what I mean? We they weren't dragging a generational talent in the front door, who well, could throw the pram. Yeah, who could throw the pram like the rattles out of pram quite quickly if you wanted to. Like he was very much a developmental prospect, and I'd say when at the time when they were looking at him, it was like going, like there's a lot of things he can do, but he was very raw. But he he and probably feels like he owed them to an extent because of the opportunities he got. Whereas Melo owes nothing to nobody. 
really. Yeah. Like Bradley Beal is like, did you see Bradley Beal sitting there as well in Washington, and they're doing nothing. Do you know that kind of way? And he's kind of quite on the. He's one of those kind of more loyal players, where and he, sh- he, he should be getting out of there. Like, I, like if Bradley Beal was kicking, kicking and screaming to leave, for once I'd kind of be like, yeah, do you know what? That's fair enough because. And- of anyone, he's seen what he did to his best friend and John Wall. So, yeah. But look, I I would I would say, yeah. And look, you can also look at Damian Lillard as well in mm-hmm. Portland. But yeah, but like, I think Lillard is going to move. I think it's where does where does Simmons go? I still think the Nets uh, is a quality fit. Take from the Guanju the Guanju Tigers. Where he's capable of playing. But not nah, never like never rate him. I just think his attitude is absolutely septic. Would there be anything like? Absolutely. Could you swap septic for septic and put Irving in Philadelphia, allowing Simmons to play in New York? Philadelphia Eagles have ruled out that trade. <laughs> they, they know that the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. They have they they categorically denied it. Okay. Um, it, it. Always interesting to note that trade was doing the rounds, and there's one key name that never reported it. As Woj. Woj. Um, did you see that Woj bomb? You know. Yeah, you know what's happening. If his name but is it, even in the sentence, it's generally like that's probably a done deal in two to three days. Just time. on the whole, yeah, on the whole aspect of like player power and stuff, and I'm a good NBA example for you right now. But um, I do think it's always been there. It's just kind of um, there's a recency bias. There's an increased sports coverage and an increased need for headlines that we probably focus on a bit more. But I mean. Watch the last dance and tell me player power is not a supreme issue in that season. And my last example, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant obviously was was drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. His agent was a huge driving force in him being included to the trade to the Lakers for Vladdy Divac. And and Kobe was not happy with being in Charlotte. Even though when he was drafted... It wasn't a high draft pick, and there wasn't there was like concerns about Kobe because of I can't remember where he went to college or he was a high school. He came straight from high school, exactly, and he'd come. He'd only recently moved back from Italy, like he'd only maybe done like one year of proper high school basketball and stuff. But as far as I can recall, so yes, I don't know. They're definitely more friendly. Like obviously in the age of social media and stuff, and Damian Lillard was kind of saying it as well. Is that like? they're all friends now there's none of this Jordan killing each other carry on anymore like uh, that's that's bull as well do you think so well, just, well like, like like using the last dance as an example like Jordan's openly talking about playing poker with uh, Larry Bird the night before finals games they're on about like playing golf and stuff with Chuck who can't play golf I don't know if you've ever seen his golf swing <laughs> like they were still all friends the only person they weren't friends with was any of the bad boy Pistons Isaiah yeah. Thomas to name one in particular but they were all friends don't get that twisted so you know but yeah the player power is it is definitely an interesting concept behind um, especially in, in American sports anyway because there is an aspect to an onus on the player to kind of if they want out to lower their trade value if that makes sense because they can go to a, it's very hard if you're like a top player who wants to go to a title challenger if you're like a consummate professional and an all round top bloke and a great player you don't want the, the, the side that's going for a championship probably can't pay over the odds if that makes sense whereas if you bring that trade value down like it, it's like the cap will drive a lot of that as well, and how much? Yeah, look how many players or how many assets have to go back. But I just think like NBA soft cap too as well. So that's, that's a huge aspect too. They're gonna drive it. It's gonna be like this for a while, and the new collective bargaining agreement isn't kicking in soon. They're gonna get more. It's it's even more revenue. Do you know that way for them too? Like, it's very, I suppose, like, if you're a top 15 player in the league, um, 
I think you're always open to being on the move now. Maybe more than once. You're, do you know what I mean? Like Paul George now has jumped around a good yeah, bit. Hit, hasn't hit anywhere. Yeah. Um, but do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I think when you get into that status of like say top 15 player that your mind is more open to, to jump and ship even after a year or you know you no. do two years now at one spot and you're gone then and you'll only sign a two-year deal as well like the deed the, those days of the long-term stuff um absolutely and look with, with a soft cap as opposed to the hard cap in the nfl it's a lot easier to to get creative and and, and go on a run for a year go all in for a year and then blow it up like take the luxury tax hit it's not, it's not an issue like but look we've waffled on maybe be a fair bit there and i'll start just to close it out no i'm happy out it's disappointing it's, it's a it's it's an upsetting state of affairs in terms of player power i think but here we are yeah but everyone that complains about player power will also cry about employee power and their place of work so so i mean it's a double-edged sword employees at the end of the day anyway coach yes sir more a murmur a murmur grows a murmur does grow in um, in south dublin and um, murmurs of rejuvenation of the european super league as the murmurs say 120 to 114 team tier competition um, is a time we give the european super league more time and respect that is my question of the week and just to to veto that doing a bit of research throughout the week and obviously we can always 20 minutes before we went on there yeah um, we all, <laughs> I, think, I think we always got to keep in mind the last 18 months and I don't mean COVID but I, but I mean actually you talk about player, player power and stuff like that but uh, the opposite if you look at the likes of Madrid and Barcelona with their not ownership structures but their membership structures that what you'd call or hierarchy structures and then think that Barcelona announced at their recent record or the recent accounts the 1.1 billion in debt, and it's important to keep that in mind um, when you think about European Super League um, for the teams in mainland Europe as opposed to the teams anywhere else more so than that. well in Spain specifically to prob- probably um, uh, so one go on. one key player in Italy too one three sides that haven't haven't officially pulled from the Super League. Yeah, so Juan Laporta obviously last week declared that the European Super League, when when you you know interviewed or whatever, that it said that it's it's obviously it's not parked, it's completely opposite, it's alive, the dialogue's open, it's still open. Um, Juventus, Madrid, Barcelona, he all named as being kind of powerhouses in this situation. Um, all clubs are needing the money. Exactly, yeah, and you and know. they're working on making it a more attractive competition. So. I don't think this is a case of will it ever. It's more a case of when will it happen um, and who will be in it. So Where I think did you lie with it the first time? What's did that? you think it was a good idea the first time? Initially, no, I didn't. I hated it. It disgusted me. But then when you read through it and flick through the proposals and stuff like that, I actually, I think, Sass, we might have been on air at the time, but uh, I came around to thinking actually it's probably a good idea only if it was to replace something like the Champions League. I think you have to keep keep and stay in your domestic competition because that's what historically what football is. Now everything changes. Um, but I think there is a place for it. Um, clubs, as we say, unfortunately have built themselves up so much that without them, this type of money, they will fall, they will fail. It's, it's, it's going to happen. Like um, If you look at Barcelona and Madrid in the weekend at Clasico, there was 14,000 free tickets available. Sorry, not free tickets, but there was 14,000 seats available. To Which means, Barcelona fan, you weren't taking... If I wanted to go on my weekend break to El Clasico, I wasn't taking a fan, a ticket off a real fan. Um, that's a problem. Um, now, granted, it's Barcelona, it was in Camp Nou, and it's more to do with everything going on behind the scenes there. But, we've built these clubs up so much. I say we, football supporters, a collective... That if we don't foot the bill in terms of this, or not we, but you know the public, the bill isn't getting footed. There's going to be an almighty collapse. Um, but I wouldn't like I to mean, see the domestic game ruined either because of it. 
Sorry, Sasquatch. Let me put it to you this way. It happens sometime between the next 10 months and the next 10 years. And it's been on this trajectory for a long time. You've invented fucking vulture capitalists into the game. And this was always going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, And you need to be very careful with this European Super League. That you don't take too seriously the opinion of the Murdoch bastards in Carragher and <laughs> Neville. Because they are the biggest share of bastards. Like, and it's coming a while. We had Project Big Picture. And then we had the European Super League. But what everyone seems to forget is the big rant by Gary Neville was only about three months on from Sky proposing the concept of pay-per-view mm-hmm. Premier League football matches in the midst, in the height of the COVID pandemic, when it was worse, when the, when the night was darkest. They wanted fans of Newcastle and Norwich to pay an extra €9 Euro or £9 to go see the fixture. The Premier League is the only league in the world that doesn't operate three o'clock kickoffs to a native audience. It's also the only league in the world where you have to pay more to watch it within your own country, and I'm including Ireland in this as well, than global fans. If you live in Canada, you can play pay Daz, and I think it's 13, 13 euro a month, and you get all the Premier League games, whatever game you want to watch. We're getting extorted here. Like yes, we're getting yes. actually getting extorted here with TV. So builds. the European Super League, while people go on this, oh, the beauty of the game and stuff like that, you're not really. You're robbing one set of vulture capitalist billionaires to give to another set of vulture capitalist billionaires. It's the only sport in the world in which we don't have franchises. I know. Look, Alan, I do understand the importance of grassroots football and all. I'm not being. I'm just trying to pose the other side of the coin, which is. Sky or Cheryl. Um. <laughs> And you shouldn't take everything they say. Like you have to be cognizant at all times of where your source is coming from. But it, like, I see the logic in it. I know why the American owners, in particular, were pushing for it. In particular, the Glazers and Ed Woodward and Agnelli and stuff like that. And Agnelli, a good friend of Ed Woodward. Like a lot. Of, well, it's lost a lot on this. Is um, Agnelli, his uh, the godfather of his child was oh, his name escapes me the head of the european clubs association so he literally he rang it, this fellow was the godfather of his child explained the situation and he was like okay look sit in it for 20 minutes i'll give you a call back and when he rang him back in 20 minutes he blocked his number like it's it's just it's coming like the biggest lie we're ever told like if you look at the united liverpool game at the weekend we allowed sky to market us and pivot to us that this was going to be an unbelievable game that you couldn't miss but in reality when you actually think about it there's no way that game was going to be level because despite their league position United are just playing a different Kick game Kick a man when he's down And I'm not trying to but like as an Arsenal fan I kind of it was a rare situation for me to watch a game with two big clubs and see one underperform where that's normally the level that's kind of reserved for Arsenal fans as in like Arsenal City it's going to be this huge game we get pumped 5-0 because it has happened plenty of times in the last 10 years let me tell you and it's this whole lie that they, 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 they say to us in the opening day of the season they go well they're all level now anyone can win it from here and the fact of the matter is you can't it's, it's not a fair competition it hasn't been since probably the birth of the Premier League more importantly since oil merchants came into the game like the game is broken you look at Newcastle now like what are they going to do it's no longer even and this is just a ploy by the Glaciers Stan Kroenke definitely Barca Real Madrid who are kind of old money and they they are seeing their power slip to new money and they're afraid of what City Newcastle PSG will do notably City have burnt a few bridges by pulling out so quickly so they were the first to pull. Yeah. Then it was Chelsea. They definitely can't compete with, like those three. Barris, especially Barris, whatever about Madrid, like they lost the king for a loan there, the king of Spain for fucking loan or whatever. But like they like not new like Newcastle. Oh my God, lad. But this is this is the funny Newcastle thing because have good grief. That's the funny part of it because who gets in? Um, by this well Newcastle would get in. They would turn around and just be like, look, yeah, cash is king. But the, so the way they're looking at it now, I don't know mean? if you've seen the EU. There's a couple of countries in the EU that want to basically take them to court over all this. 
Um, and if that goes ahead and they win, it looks like they'll push ahead. These three, three clubs will push ahead with a Super League consisting of sides from, I think, Scotland, Russia, Turkey, uh, Finland or Iceland, and somewhere else. But it will be if, if that if that is the if that is the situation, it's going to be a massive flop because they're not. That's not your market. Um, you're not going to have fans out in Seattle going to want to watch Galatasaray against I don't know Rangers. I don't know. Like it's just that's not what's going to work. I think a midweek competition similar in style to the way the NFL runs with you know maybe five six seven teams in a region or something like that is probably more realistic i don't think you're going to have 120 or 140 teams I, I just don't see it happening um but if you read into if you read into the restructuring of the champions league europa league conference league it seems to be angling they seem to it seems to be very aligned closely aligned to what um you were this this season you're awarded on terms of history as well aren't you it's not just yeah 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 I don't, I don't know if it's this season alone, just to get it up and running. Oh, no, but I think this is the first season it's, it, it's yeah. mattered. Um, so, I, I'm, I'd be wary of UEFA. It looks like they're maybe trying to rob the idea slightly and put it into play in a European context. Um, problem being is the finances. Um, obviously, people buy the rights, be it BT, Sky, whoever buy the rights to Champions League football. But I think this Super League will probably be all given over to Dazen or Amazon or whoever the biggest bidder is. And then you and me can go and pay our 13 quid a month. And we'd be happy to pay it because we're getting top-class games every single week. Um, we're playing we're a, price, well. a price that's you know, relatively okay. Um, well, 13, now, hypothetically, if it was 13 quid, right, if that's... Like that's significantly cheaper than what you're paying for Sky Sports. Exactly, exactly. And it actually and is. It's actually You're probably getting your boxing wrapped in. You're probably getting if it was doesn't it, with Amazon. You're probably getting your Open Internationals. Um, do I, I think Amazon have a couple of Six Nation games possibly. I know they've, they've kind of dabbled in rugby lately. I think, um, they, I think they got Thursday night football, don't they? I think. Yeah, that's on that's on the back of the invest. They'll get like um, Stevens's day pictures as well. Um, you kind of hope it's a, you'd nearly hope it's a big fuck you to some of the broadcasters, wouldn't it? Like get your shit together, get your payment packages like a little bit cheaper, and maybe you don't have shit like this going on in the first place. But th- but that th- this is ultimately where it's born out of. It's born out of the the birth of the Premier League and and what Sky has done. Like I touch on this a lot, and I know I know a lot of people wouldn't say it's the greatest service in the world, but. If the URC in a year can get an OTT service in which fans can pay a yearly subscription and watch any game they want live on demand as well as access to magazine shows, there is no way in this God's green earth the Premier League couldn't have got that done in the time the Premier League's been running. The NFL has it. The NBA has mm-hmm. it. I'm a huge fan of the National Rugby League in Australia. They have it. Why does the Premier League not have it? Because the they're game making pass, too much money. The Game Pass services are quality and you can't argue against them. Like what's like the NBA one, the NFL one are serious value. Well, no, the NBA one is probably not serious value if you're living here. To be fair, it's you're paying for games that you'll never get to really watch in the evenings and stuff like that. But you can watch them on demand. You could do, yeah. Hoping the NFL like the NFL one is serious value, um, and then like what's the URC one? How much is the URC? I can't remember. Like. It, it's an, it's an, it, it wasn't worth my while because I have access to Premier Sports and they show every game so it wasn't worth my while but yeah. um, do, do just one thing to mention there like if, if this does go ahead and it wasn't it wasn't a midweek competition you know mirroring or you know getting rid of Champions League or whatever which I don't I think they want this to take over domestically I think mm. um, I th- it, it can only be in one of those two slots because I don't see where else you fit the games do we end up with a boxing scenario where you've got let's just use Man United as a case like they don't play in the Premier League therefore say they don't play who's 6, 7, 8 say say Spurs don't get into the Super League right do United ever then play Spurs again like how do we ever know who the best in the world is how do we know who the best in Europe is if they don't play against each other like are we ending up with different championships put, 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 put it this way right and that's something you said a few weeks ago you go one thing you're not having is American sides that win their competition and say they're the world champions right and you'd say like the ma- the baseball teams, the NFL teams. The only the only place I'd say it's slightly different is maybe the NBA because it, it's clearly a global league. It clearly attracts the best talent. Mm-hmm. Like you, like someone touched on today, Janice, 
Luca. They dominated the European competitions at 16, and they were prospects coming into the NBA. So it's very much a global league. No one argues who's better, FC Vilnius in the European Super League or the Milwaukee Bucks at the end of this season. Who was the best side this season? No one mentioned the EuroLeague side. We yeah. knew that the NBA side was possibly the best side in the world. Yeah. I think that's what happens. I think the Premier League gets better. I think we get parity, and it's actually more exciting. You, you probably end up with huge squads in the Super League, and it's kind of like a hyper-football. They're extremely fit. They have serious money pumped into resources, and it probably steers away. The game play kind of probably changes in the fact that there's no fear of relegation. You know you're safe. Probably it's more attacking. It's all... Exactly. Um, and whereas your Premier League maintains is kind of your traditional football and it's parity because who's going to win is it going to be Everton is it West Ham is it Villa do you see the, pu- the clubs pulling out though Sass which side's pulling out the, p- the people that are in the Super League would you see them pulling out of domestically or is yeah, it two think, squads I, I is, think, it, is it like, I think, a, is it like I think a Carabao Cup situation work. I no I think I think if they go they're, they don't pull out they're removed from the English football pyramid I think the FA says good luck but we'll still pick our best English players for the national squad because we need to bring it home after all the years of singing the song and wrecking stadiums um, yeah no, that's that's. I look I, I do think it, it eventually is going to happen there's too much of an American influence there's too much big money at stake and multi-billionaires can't like can't understand why you would have such a risk when they come from like cult- like an American culture where there is no relegation and it makes business sense to invest in a sporting franchise why am I investing here when I mightn't and it's not relegation for those sides but it's like what's happened to Arsenal I haven't made the Champions League in the last five years you wanna know what I see yeah and you happens? can generally go first to worst in those American sports very quickly as well in the season you can actually turn it around like you can generally turn the franchise around in a couple of years more so Three the NFL years in the NBA but like there has been cases where you go from first to worst like the Rams you can turn the, the NBA first... around in the summer yeah well it, you can turn it yeah I wouldn't be saying you'd turn in bottom of the barrel NBA team now around in the summer Brooklyn Nets that's fucking true actually the signing of Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant automatically made them contenders and even though Durant wasn't going to play that year they got more free agents like you can turn it around in the summer I think what ultimately will end up happening is UEFA are obviously in the middle of a reform, if you want to call it that, with these conferencing and stuff. I think they're going to hand over the keys of the castle. To who, though? I don't know who it's going to be. Do it remain under UEFA remit or whatever, but something needs to be done in, in that spectrum of... Maybe maybe there's 12 teams, maybe there's 20 teams all sitting around the table with UEFA going, well, this is what's going to happen. Um, I rights have been paused, rights are all given to something like Dazen or Amazon or whatever. Um, and essentially the Super League does happen but under your way for branding with a completely different financial structure could be um, what I can also see is just you you, you kind of got me thinking there last few minutes when you on about like the midweek season I would not be surprised to see a Super League a global Super League in almost a Grand Prix style format so the Premier League takes a break and they go and play in Dubai for a weekend And maybe the FA Cup gets scrapped. Because the winners get 3.8 million. So that's why no one cares about it anymore. Do you know, I, I wouldn't be... I don't see those as a, an unlikely situation. There's loads of different possibilities. But anywhere in the next 10 months to 10 years. The, this, the structure of football changes drastically. Because it's on rocky foundations. Oh, Classico in Miami. Yeah, like why not? Can you you know you can see it coming to your life like Arsenal versus AC Milan, two sides that definitely should meet in the Super League, coming to you live from North Carolina. You know you can see it happening. The times will all be like best suited to American and Asian audience because that's where the money is. Like and and you can understand it. Like look at look at John Henry right. You've invested in Liverpool and coach. You can tell us how passionate the Liverpool fans are. But it doesn't matter how passionate they are because the the population of Liverpool is 2.24 million. And half of those fans don't support Liverpool. 
But I can get 20,000 Vietnamese fans to buy jerseys if I can make times far more convenient to them. And you can. Do you know, like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you can see the economics of it all. I just, it's not like it's sustainable. But, you, but, but Liverpool's a great example because they have the most passionate fans in the country. But it's a small city. It works, yeah, it probably works for a Man City. In reality, like, uh, London clubs are probably an easy sell. Um, whereas, yeah, Liverpool are a bit more traditionalist. United, to be fair, are probably a little bit more... I know United have a massive Asian... Um, they're probably quite traditional as well. It, it's United's probably biggest downfall you, is that their stadium's well, so big. Well, it's, you say that traditional, but those two sides were very much in bed with the idea of the European Super League. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but as, I mean, as I much mean as the Liverpool fans, brand the themselves. Fans, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. From the fan point of view, they're probably more two of the more traditional clubs. In that, there will be stink kicked up if this was like you know. I'd I, as as a fan from Dublin, I probably love it. Like. Um, same as an Ipa fan from Asia, because I don't get over it to every other week, and I'm not a local. But you know, I want to see them play the fucking huge games. Do I really care if we go and beat fucking Watford five nil? Yeah, because it adds to getting to the league. But I'd rather see them play Barcelona or Real Madrid every week. Like, and, and there's the argument too as well. I know we've talked a lot on this, but like, arguably Mohamed Salah banging a hat trick against Watford and Norwich, such a waste of a uh, timely resource resource or like Ronaldo Messi when they're in La Liga battering Getafe it's such a waste of a finite career and a finite number of games you're going to get against a player do, do you know what I mean like yeah or there's the opportunity to see that player in your home country as uh, well uh, mm. you know what bottom feet you're like I was just that there's a beauty to it though like in in the past I've been to Barcelona just to see Messi I think uh, whoever they're playing against Celta Vigo or whatever and you're going you lose that don't you like you go. Sp- you went to sp- specifically to see him at the at Davide at the time again. Like, Iniesta, Javi, and you're, like, I don't know. You, maybe you lose that. Yeah, look, I, I'm. I'm not like a, a huge proponent of it. I just think, be very careful about who's telling you this is a bad thing, because the people telling you it's a bad thing are the reason this is coming. Yeah. And if it comes to fruition. I guarantee you Sky would pay heaven and earth to have the Super League. Mm-hmm. And Gary Neville, Gary Neville crying on the opening day of the season saying what a glorious day it is for this new competition, a new birth to football. Yeah, we've overcome As he does the analysis for it on Monday night with Jamie Carragher. Exactly. So, watch look, this space. Look, and look, they have a finite number of time because like, I think they're so well liked because Man United Liverpool fans, probably the biggest pull and of our say generation, they're kind of two iconic players but in the next 10 years, they're kind of probably irrelevant. So they know too that they've got 10 years in this gig as well. So look, Collect the packet while you can, lads. Yeah, absolutely. Milk it for all it's worth. Yeah. Roy Keane's getting less and less airtime too as well. If you, if you, you might know that as well. He probably paid a little bit less at United than Neville did. So. But he's, managing, he's managing hijack split in it, so it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Right. Um, we'll park <laughs> it there. Keep an eye on the European Super League or just the Super League um, because... It's us that call it the European Super League. It wasn't them that call it the European Super League. So be very cautious of that as the years, as it does come to fruition, or if it does come to fruition. Um, that's pretty much it. One last thing just to get through in associate in partnership with our other affiliate partners, USA Sports. Not to heap embarrassment on United fans, but have you seen this week? Have you seen this this week? Comes from a very plush house in Oldham. Um, we've all seen it <laughs> they tried to save his blushes with their performance on Saturday but Paul Scholes and his strange relationship with his daughter's feet um, it's one of the more bizarre clips I've, and we've posted a few when you look at like Auburn Meyer and stuff like that over the, over the course of the season we're only seven episodes deep but it's very strange gents very strange yeah oh. there's and to be honest, I like you see Paul Scholes in Sky Sports now. He looks fucking depressed as well. That lad looks like every time United are on the telly. So maybe this is what he's been resorted to: is like going home and just Living clipping the toes, clipping toenails. I don't know, like fucking <laughs> yeah, just went for well, great. He had a great call on BT Sports during the week. He said if United after the first half, he said if United play like that against Liverpool, it will be three or four at halftime. 
I'm gonna. Can I just add a a, a contender just to the? Have you seen this? Yeah. I don't know because I know we've got a massive audience. Um, just shout out to all my Dade County folk. Um, <laughs> big ups. Um, you know I love it there. One of my favorite destinations on holiday. But I don't know if you've seen um Tom Brady's 600th TD ball. Um, yeah, yeah. Mike yeah, Evans yeah. give it to the crowd. Have you seen what Tom Brady has swapped to receive the ball back? Sure did. A so, well. two two signed jerseys and helmets from Tom Brady. One signed Mike Evans jersey and game cleats. Thousand dollars to the Bucks team score. Two season tickets for the twenty one twenty two season, and one Bitcoin. So he's done well. Um yes, but there was a expert on sports memorabilia who has calculated that the gentleman has been underpaid by half a million. Wow. Calculated the value of what that ball would be like in ten years time versus what he got and calculated that a billion. Well you get oh, half a million sorry. Surely he gets to six fifty. Yeah, you you think so. But in reality does he throw under twenty touchdowns this season? Probably. Yeah, he definitely gets twenty. Yeah, I just you just never know. And like, is, is it even all, the ball? I'd have taken that like in fairness, I'd have taken that offer and ran with it. A full Bitcoin, what's that? Thirty five to the rest of forty seven now I'd say. Is it? Forty seven K roughly. Yeah, fuck yeah, okay. I'd I'd be like here Tom. Go on. If 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 you if, if you're a good Tom's fan jersey, you give it back though. If you, if you get the jersey through the touchdown in. Maybe? I think Tom likes to hold on to that too, though. No? Yeah, I don't fancy look, walking around with gaff like sweating in Tom Brady's six hundred touchdown jersey, like put, going, yeah. Put, put, put it put it in perspective, right? Tampa have always haven't had it easy. Let's say Liverpool, right? Say you're a lifelong season ticket holder, Liverpool, and you get the ball that say Salah scores to win your first Premiership. If you're a good fan, you give it back to Salah, don't you? You do. You have to. Financially, what do you think that football's worth? Bugger all. Because they walked it. Basically. But if. But it's not really like that, though, is it? It's more like Salah's 250th goal. It has to be a to, milestone. To like, Tom Brady was like, the only one to ever get 600. Yeah, he's not winning anything with it. Like. Okay, well, well, we'll put it as Salah's 250th goal. When he wants the ball back. You gave it to him. Would you? I you probably you definitely wouldn't. I, I, you would. I, I would want something for it. I'm not just giving it to him, like. Yeah, but, but I'm I, saying, I'd, like I'd give it to him for unders. a lot less than what I'd, I would definitely give it to him for a lot less than what that Tampa Bay fans taken. Hmm. One bitcoin. I have that all day. <laughs> give me a signed shirt and one bitcoin. Deal done. On season tickets for next year. I'm not taking fucking half a season worth of tickets. Like I want all of this season and next season. If we're going to get into the fucking in his, in, in his family box, eating eating kebabs and halal, yeah, yeah. with Giselle, yeah, feeding you. Yeah. Uh, I don't want I don't want to be in a box with Tom Brady's kids crying. I was talking about most halal's but game, okay. <laughs> right, look, I think I didn't think they'd have halal food in Tom Brady's box. Like to be fair, come on, oh, good lord. I know he's vegan, but <laughs> Jesus, oh lads. Anyway, I think uh, before we get shut down, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll call it agents. Happy enough? Happy all good. Yet. That's all for me. That's all for me. That's all for me. Thank you and good night. <laughs>